Welcome, everyone. My name is John. I have the privilege of being one of the pastors here at Whitewater. And I just want to just share two things right out the gate. One, um, if God has ever impacted your life and ever done anything for you that you couldn't do for yourself, could you just give him a praise right there? Could you just give him a praise? That he did something for you that you couldn't do for yourself? Like your salvation? Like he's done enough. He went to a cross. But beyond that, there's some things. I'm confused why everybody ain't clapping. Because he died for you. He went to the cross for you. He did all this for you. To restore humanity and bring us back together as one. I did this deep dive. Man, one day we're going to do a whole sermon series, seven, seven weeks long, of the seven Hebrew words of praise, and none of them are this. None of them. Getting close, Kim. None of them. None of the Hebrew words for praise are sitting on your hands. Study it. Prove me wrong. My God. There's a lot that we should be praising him for. I can't help but cry out for the countless miracles he has done in my life and in all of our lives just to get us to this moment right here. That's point number one. That's bonus. That's not even in my message, not even in my manuscript. Is it Ryan? He's wondering that's not in his notes. Second point, not in my notes. Shay, what am I wearing right now? Yeah, I'm wearing my Jordans. Yeah. We're talking about mental health, and you're wondering why you're talking about Jordans and mental health. Here's why. Um, Growing up, I always wanted to have a pair of Jordans. I'm 43 years old. Never had a pair. Grew up below the poverty line. Never had a pair of Jordans in my life. My, My wife knew this. For 43 years, I've been married, you know, now going on 15 years. For, for my 43rd birthday, she, she got me a pair of Jordans. She worked her butt off to make sure she could give me a good gift. Like my father gives good gifts. Didn't put it on a card. Didn't put it on a card. We say, hey, well, I'm going to give my, my husband a good gift. But you know what I did with that gift? I put it in a box because I was worried I don't want to mess them up. I've never had these before because that's a poverty scarcity mindset. That's one. Two, on the other side of that coin is this. I don't wear them because I'm worried about what good church people would say about a pastor wearing Jordans. Real talk. Because I care too much up here about unhealthy things. And here my father wanted to give me good gifts. And here my wife wanted to give me good gifts. And I've taken that and I've put it and buried it in a box for no one to see. Now what kind of messed up mind is that, okay? And maybe I'm the only one in here who has ever done something that doesn't make sense because stuff up here doesn't make sense. So maybe I'll just preach to myself today. For today, we are wrapping up our teaching series that we have been focusing on mental health and talking about how we're really doing up here and how that connects directly to how we are growing as disciples. And Jesus has a lot to say about this. 
Today is October 10th. It, it is world, right? World Mental Health Day. Today. Now, now, isn't that cool that we linked that up and we planned our whole calendar out and made it work? Yeah, we're not that good. God is, but we're not. We didn't plan that out. So it was just really cool when that was brought to my attention. In my last message, we were talking about all of this, and we went to Matthew 6, and we looked at Jesus' words, and he was trying to tell us, like, can all of your worries add a single moment to your life? And the answer was, no, no, none of our worries. Go back and watch that. None of our worries can add a single moment to our life. And then he said, so why worry about tomorrow? Let tomorrow's troubles be enough. For, for, you know, like, like, oh man, let's, let's stay just in today. How are you doing with that? How are you doing with just staying locked in to one day at a time? Is it like a pass fail? Is it like C's get degrees type of thing? Like, how, how are you doing? One day at a time. In that message, I, I really like, man, I, I, I dove in and I said that we have to come to grips with the fact that God is in control and we are not. And for all of us who suffer with control freakitis, you know, it, it was a very challenging message from the Lord. You know, well, today, control freaks, this message is for you. All right. Today, we're going to talk about what is actually in our control. And here's why this matters. If we want to experience Shalom, the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. If we want to actually make our mental health a priority and say, no, this matters for this to be all right and all good with Jesus so that I can be the Jesus follower he made me to be, then here's the deal. We have got to guard our hearts. Guard our hearts. In Proverbs, Proverbs written by King Solomon, one of the greatest, wisest kings ever to live. In Proverbs 4.23, King Solomon says this, above all else, everybody say that, above all else, guard your heart. Above all else, above all else. Guard your heart. Why is guarding your heart so important when it comes to your mental health? Well, Solomon goes on, 23, uh, verse 7. He says, for as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. For as a person thinks in his heart, so they are. Here's the what we believe in our hearts is what we will believe in our minds. And that will then affect everything we say, do, and believe. Above all else, guard your heart. Now, uh, I am not as wise as King Solomon. We pray for wisdom and discernment every night, don't we, buddy? Yep. But I'm not there yet. And so here's how this scripture makes sense to me. What we allow into our hearts gets a direct access to the elevator to our minds. I lived, I lived a lot of years living out of a suitcase in a hotel for years. So I spent a lot of time in hotels, not all good years in a hotel, okay? But the elevator, you get access to the top. What we allow into our hearts gets a direct access to our minds. So how do we protect our hearts? How do we guard our hearts? So today we're going to do a little CSI work 
on our hearts. All right, anybody watch CSI? New series, it just revamped, right? CSI Vegas came out this week. You know, it, it, listen, they had so many, it's like four bazillion episodes, right? Don't worry if you never watch a single episode, they're all the same. I'll summarize it like this. It's a crime drama about investigating crime scenes. That's it, all right? That's all you need to know for our message today. So as I was finishing up my message this week, I kid you not, I wish I could make this stuff up, yo. Donna, you know where I'm going, girl. All right, so we're here Friday. We're at the church, right? And I'm literally writing this, like, I, I was trying to figure out how do I go to this, you know, like, guard your heart, take care of your heart. How do we investigate our heart? Search me, oh God, see if there's anything that offends you. Investigating, oh, CSI. Oh, we could do a little CSI work on our hearts. I kid you not. I got, I got Deputy Dave back here to say I'm not a liar, all right? As I'm writing this, I got five sheriff cars rolling up on our property. And I'm like, oh, but first I got a phone call from Donna saying, like, John, if you're still here, you might want to come out back. There's a lot. It's popping. It is on and popping right now. I was like, really, what's going on? I said, I don't know, but you might want to. So I went back. I'm on the phone with Deputy Dave. Like, Dave, who, you know, his family goes here. He's one of the guys who protects us. And he said, hey, uh, do you know? And before I can give it, get it out of my mouth, he goes, John, something's going on at the church. What's going on, buddy? I'm like, I'm calling you. <laughs> Kid you not. We go out back, and they're investigating a dead body in the woods. That's what they thought. Let, let, let me, before you get twisted, okay? That's what they thought. Just because you have a thought does not mean it's the truth. Oh, that'll preach. That ain't in my notes either. Oh, just because you have a thought does not mean it's the truth. You better analyze it. You better investigate that. See if there's some truth to it. Well, after some CSI work from, from our law enforcement, they said, there ain't no dead body back there. It's just a sleeping bag rolled up in some mud, covered up, and it looked like a body. You're all good. Go back to work here, folks. Good. So praise God. Thank you. Thank you, Deputy Dave. Thank you, Donna. Thank you for taking care. We're all safe. Thank you for the CSI work done on our property. It's never a dull moment here. Y'all think it's just Sunday stuff. <laughs> good night. What kind of stuff do you have going on in your heart that maybe we should do some investigating? Some CSI work on the thing that we're supposed to guard above all else? See, because if we want to guard our hearts above all else, here's the CSI that I think we need to focus on. What we consume what we see and what we invite into our hearts has a lot to do with how healthy they are. So consume. What do you consume? What do you consume on the daily? See, my mom always told me this, garbage in, garbage out, right? No, that's not what she told me, actually. That's what a sound guy told me once about what you put into a microphone, garbage in, garbage out. She's like, I can't fix that, John. <laughs> My mama said, you are what you eat. Like, dang. My mama's savage. She's watching right now, too. You are what you eat, garbage in, garbage out. What are you currently consuming? 
And I'm not just talking about, you know, like the, you know, Taco Bell and, and McDonald's and, you know, fast food. And, and, and I'm not talking about how that's affecting your heart. And, but you should be talking about that, right? You should be talking about that with your doctor because, you know, your, your heart matters, your health matters, your body is your temple. It is the, you know, the housing of the Holy Spirit. But that's a, another sermon for another day. Your health should matter. It matters to God. I'm talking about what do you consume and allow into your heart on a daily basis because if we consume conspiracy theories, we will be a conspiracy theorist. If we consume fear, we will be fearful. If we consume hate, we will hate. If we consume things that make us angry, we will be angry. You are what you eat, garbage in, garbage out. What if then we consume God's word more than we consume Skyline. I'm going to wade back into the water. What if we consumed God's word more than we consume social media? What if we consumed God's word more than Fox News or CNN? No shots fired? Do we? I don't know. I'm not in your house. If you're feeling a conviction of the Holy Spirit, that's the Holy Spirit convicting you, not me. We create what we consume. What we put inside of us, what we consume affects everything. Jesus says it this way. It's uh, in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 6, verse 45. He, he says, a good per person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. An evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. What you say, what comes out of us, flows from what is in our hearts. What if we intentionally just started to pay attention to, to, to what we allow in? Just really focused time and energy. Like we commit to things a lot, you know? So maybe if we committed to what we allow in, what we consume. Uh, Psalm 119, 11, King David, he says, like, I have hidden your word in my heart. I have consumed it. I have hidden your word in my heart so that I might not sin against you. The Apostle Paul in Colossians 3.16, he says it this way. He says, let the word of Christ dwell within you. That word dwell means make a home in. Let the word of Christ make a home in you and live richly in all wisdom. For the sake of our hearts and our minds, maybe it's time for a diet. <laughs> maybe it's time to consume things a little differently. There was a study done not that long ago um, with over 400,000 people, 
from all over the world, different, different you know, demographics, 400,000 people. Uh, it was done by the Center for Bible Engagement, and it showed that, that those that read their Bible at least 30 minutes a day for four days a week, all right, four days a week, Here's what the study showed. It says they are 57% less likely to get drunk. Oh, no. NFL said the Cincinnati fans consume more beer than any other NFL team. True stat. Look it up. It's just something to, <laughs> you know, who day. All right. 57% less likely to get drunk. 30% less likely to struggle with loneliness. 68% less likely to have sex outside of marriage. 61% less likely to look at porn. By the simple act of just consuming God's word has a direct impact on our hearts and how we live. Not only consuming the Bible help protecting our hearts, but it also, you know, it, it impacts how we live and interact with the world in the positive. It, those who, who read the Bible four days a week, it says they are 220% more likely to share their faith with others. Man, that's kind of a cool thing. 407% more likely to memorize scripture. 231% more likely to disciple others. That's what we're called to do, to go and make disciples, not decisions. What if for the rest of the year, like now until Christmas, and you know there's only 10 weeks till Christmas, right? You're welcome. Ten, ten, two hands, just two hands, just two. What if from now till Christmas, that ten weeks, we committed to consuming the Bible for at least four days a week? I wonder if we did that. I wonder how that would affect our hearts. I wonder how that would affect our kids around us. I wonder how that would affect our marriages and our families and our communities. I wonder if maybe there's something to this whole reading your Bible, consuming God's word. If you don't know where to start, here, here, here's me. You know, people, people can say whatever they want, but here's where I guide you. Read the Psalms, read the Proverbs, and read the Gospel of Matthew. It's a great place to start. Those three things. Don't have a Bible that you can read easily? Come talk to me after service. I'd be happy to give you a great one. If we want to guard our hearts, we have to first see, look at what we consume. Second observation I want to talk about is what do we see? What do we see? What do we focus on? What do we allow our hearts to see? What do you see in this picture? You seen this before? What do, you, what do you see in this picture? See, this came out um, back in like the 1800s. I first saw it when um, I was in elementary school, which was not in the 1800s, young bloods, just so you know. Okay. What, what do you see in this picture? Do, uh, do you see an old lady, you know, all covered up in her fur? That must be a cold winter day. Not around here. We don't get cold down here. Y'all don't know cold till you're up in like Lake Erie area up on the lake. That's cold winter stuff. But she must be from like Cleveland. She's so cold and miserable. We ain't had a winning season since this year, right? 
Or do you see a young lady? Next slide. What do you see? Do you see the young lady with her, you know, looking over the corner? Or do you see the old lady? Do you see the young lady where the ear is the eye and the eye is the ear? When you looked at this, what did you see? See, psychologists believe that what you see in this picture is connected to how old you perceive yourself to be. Some of y'all, I heard a lot of old comments coming out. I'm nervous. What we see is connected to what is in our hearts. What is in our hearts is connected to what we see. What we see is connected to what we consume. See, if we have consumed God's word, if we have hidden his word in our hearts, then we will see God in all things. Could be heartbreak. I still see God. Could be a storm. I still see God. Could be mountaintop. I see God. Could be success. I see God. If we have consumed God's word, we will see God in all things. Where we focus and what we see matters. My family, we went on vacation a couple weeks ago, and uh, we go to the same spot all the time, right? Uh, where do we go, buddy? Dustin, Florida. That's where we just go, man. You know, like, and we go to the same spot. You know, it's like, it's not too bougie, you know, but it's not the no-tell motel. You know, it's like somewhere in between. You know, it's just our thing, you know, and we just like going there. And one of the things we love going, go ahead, roll it, roll it. Like, this is it. Sandy white beaches. And, and, and I'm an introvert, and I don't like, you know, being around a bunch of people. <laughs> thanks, God. That was funny. You know, thanks for this. You know, and so we go there, and there's not a lot of people, and it's crystal clear. You can see, like, look, my feet. You know, like, and you can see. It's just beautiful. And the waves are never real big. It's just, you know, just kind of like lapping, you know, just, just kind of lolling you in, right? That is where we go. Is where we always go. It's our happy spot. It's normally never Big waves, but, right? I ain't lying. You were there. But a couple weeks ago, we're there, and this one day, these waves are just like, boom, boom, just hammering us, right? And see, one of my favorite things to do, it's why we always go there, is I go out to the water. I'm a water guy. I go out to just where I can barely touch, right? And I just, okay, because as soon as I'm going to fall, right, that's how I feel in the ocean, I get out to where I can just touch, and I just yell and scream and cry out to God. I sing as loud as I want. No one judges me for that, you know. No one's telling me to be quiet, John. Just be here. Don't be so extra, John. Like, I just like, ah, I'm just crying out to God, crying out, crying out uh, frustration, crying out desperation, crying out praise. And, and, and it, nobody hears it because the, the waves are ke keeping everything silent, right? It's this beautiful thing, favorite thing to do. And this year I go out there and I can barely touch and I start crying out. And I'm like, oh, crap, oh, crap, oh, crap, oh, crap. And I get pulled out into this wave and this like undercurrent. And I'm like, oh, no, this isn't good. And I was already pretty far out. And I'm like, oh, I can't. And I'm trying to swim and I'm not, I'm, it's fighting, it's pulling me. And I'm just keeping it real. I was like, this isn't good. 
Like, I'm, I'm starting to get nervous. I'm starting to panic. I'm like, I, I'm trying to swim, but I keep getting sucked out. And this whole time, I'm like, this wave in front of me is just getting bigger. And I'm like, okay, okay, okay. It's okay. It's all right. Don't, don't freak out, John. The more you freak out, the worse it's going to get. And then this, like, wave that's coming and building me and gets sucking me in is like 100 foot high. It was really only like six feet above me. But it felt like 100 feet high, right? I survived the wave, in case you were wondering. All right. So like this wave is coming. I'm about to hit. I'm like, oh, Jesus, thank you for this life. And I'm just, and then, and I brace for impact. And I end up on the other side of the wave. (laughs) And the wave had actually pushed me back to where I could touch. And things had calmed down again. And I had a little more peace. Things were a little more in control. And as I collected myself, (laughs) I had this thought. The thing that I feared was actually the thing that took me to where I needed to be. And I want, I, I want you to marinate in, in, in this. What if? How many times, I wonder, how many miracles have we missed because we feared the very thing that God sent to deliver us? We were afraid, worry, doubt. So we fought against it. We ran from it. But it was actually the very thing that God had sent to deliver us. Too often our hearts are overcome with worry and doubt and fear and anxiety because our eyes are only focused on the waves and not the one who makes the waves. And let me be clear, sometimes we go through some really challenging times. Some of you are walking through that right now, and you are not alone in that storm. And sometimes we walk in in life and we are getting just smashed and crashed by the waves and storms of life. And we get to this point where we just feel like I can't take anymore. I'm getting tired. I don't know if I'm going to make it. I feel like I'm just going to drown and just keep getting beat up by the waves. And I want you to know that the only way to get through the storm is to look to the one who controls the storm, that we have to look to the one behind it and see my eyes are fixed on you, Jesus, the perfecter and pioneer of my faith. My eyes, I'm not going to look down here. Do I look up to the mountains? You know, is that where my, where my strength comes from? No, my strength comes from the Lord. My strength comes from the Lord, the one who made the heavens and the earth and the one who made the mountains. My eyes are focused and fixed on the wave maker, not the wave. Fix my eyes so that I see you and not all the noise and all the other stuff. 
What are we allowing our hearts and focusing our hearts to see? Third thing. Who do we invite into our lives? CSI. Consume C invite. Who do we invite into our lives? I am landing the proverbial plane of my message right now, just so you know. And you should buckle up because there may be some turbulence here. This may not feel good, but I was reminded this week that you got to break some eggs to make a cake. (sighs) You can unpack that later. Who do you invite into the inner circle of your life? I want you to think about that right now. Who's in your inner circle? The reality is that many of us, uh, our mental health is suffering right now because we have allowed, we have invited in toxic and unhealthy people to rent space in our minds. We have allowed it. It's not their fault. It is ours. Proverbs says it like this. Become wise by hanging out with, walking with the wise. Hang out with fools and watch your life fall to pieces. Who's in your inner circle? <laughs> who do you keep close? You know, who, who, who's your three? Who's your Peter, John, James? Who, who's your Mickey? Who's your trainer? Who, who, who's in your inner circle? Are they wise? Are they healthy? Don't get this twisted. I'm not talking about who are you reaching out to to share the love of Jesus. That's great. Jesus had his three. There were some fools he didn't let in to see some of the things that Peter, John, and James saw. Okay. Who, who do you keep close? Because who we keep close, we allow in. We allow them to rent space up here. And we wonder why we have so many different voices. No, you are not crazy. You've just let the wrong people into your home. Okay? Who's up there? And I'm going to press in even more because I believe there are only two types of people in this world. Life givers and life suckers. We're all on a path to redemption and all that. So who have you allowed into your inner circle and how is that affecting your mental health? Are they life givers or life suckers? Which one are you? Do you, with your words and the way you live and love, do you build people up? Or do you tear them down? And how you speak online and in person. Who do you allow in? Life givers or life suckers? Uh, Do they breathe life into you or do they suck the life out of you? Do they fight for your greatest and highest good? Or do, do they want something from you or for you? Do they empower you? If not, tell them Pastor John said, it's time to evict you. Eviction notice. 
Yep. You don't get to rent space up here anymore. Nope. See, I don't know who you have working the front desk of your mind. I'm not sure how some of those folks got past security, but it is time to serve some eviction notices. For the sake of your mental health, for the sake of your sanity, for the sake of your peace, it's time to hand them out. Say, you're not welcome up here anymore. Because listen, this isn't a free-for-all. All are not welcome up here. Up here, there's limited space. Who have you let, let in? And you want to know something even more nuts? In addition to us, like, openly inviting some knuckleheads to live up here and hear their voices and allow them to rent space, we have too often invited our enemy, the devil, to have the penthouse suite in our minds. Am I lying? Oh, 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 great. L let's unpack this. Um, so this morning, uh, you, you were doing, you know, your wakey, wakey, eggs and bakey, right? Getting the kids up, getting ready to go, let's go. And, and, and you know, you got morning coffee and all that stuff. And how many of you in that moment were just like, you know what, devil? Come on in. Just come on in. I made you some toast, some biscuits. Like, come on in, devil. How many, show of hands, how many of you just welcomely invite? No, not a lot of hands, right? Right. Okay, cool, 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 cool. All right, so maybe I'm wrong. Oh, maybe I'm not. Um, how many of you have allowed resentment into your heart? Bitterness? How many of you are holding on to gr grudges? How many of you have invited anger into your heart? See, here's what Scripture says. Not me, Scripture. The Apostle Paul says in Ephesians 4, 7, Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. All right, let, let, me, just, let me just do a word dive real quick. Whoop! The Greek for foothold right there is topas. You know what that means? A location or a home. For anger gives a home to the devil. You wonder why your mind is twisted? You wonder why your heart is messed up? How angry have you been lately? When we invite bitterness and resentment and anger into our lives, we are saying, devil, come on in. You can have a home in my heart. And I don't know about you, but it's time to evict the devil. Anybody? Just me? I'm the only one who, no, it's time to evict the devil. It's time to evict life suckers. It's time to evict those who don't want the best for you, okay? It's time to evict the doubters, the naysayers, the ones who constantly pull you into their drama, into their misery. I ain't naming your name. The ones who pull you into their pity party. You don't get to dwell in our minds any longer. Why? Because we, as a body of believers, were said, you are to have life and have it abundantly. So we're going to choose joy. We're going to choose peace, right? We're going to choose God's best for our lives. Oh, we still love you, all you doubters and haters. We still love you, but we're going to love you from afar, okay? We're loving ourselves. 
We're going to love you from afar. We'll still send you a Christmas card, but you're not getting invited to Christmas dinner. Put them on notice. Take back your mind. We're in the fight of our lives. Take back your mind. There is no vacancy for the devil. No sympathy and no vacancy. You don't get to live here anymore. And by doing that, what do we do? We make room for Jesus. And in John 15, 4, he says this. He says, make your home in me just as I make my home in you. Remain in me as I remain in you. Make your home in me, Jesus. But to make room, I've got to get some things out. I've got to make some room. So I'm making room for Jesus, and we're making room for the Holy Spirit. Does anybody want to make room for the Holy Spirit in, their, in your life? Anybody? You want to make room for joy, for peace, for love, for patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control? Have your way with us, Jesus. <laughs> we want to consume your word. Help us to consume your word. Help us, Jesus, to keep our eyes on you and not the waves of our life. Help us, Jesus. We invite you in as we make room. We invite you and life givers into the hotels of our hearts and our heads. Help us, Jesus, to guard our hearts one day at a time. Father, we love you. We need you. Today we're driving a stake in the ground and we're saying no more. There is no vacancy for the enemy. There is no vacancy for evil in our hearts, in our heads. We're driving a stake in the ground. We're no longer going to be a slave to sin, to evil. We're fixing our eyes on you. We're consuming your word. Help us. Jesus, search us, O oh God. Search our hearts, O oh God. Search out wherever there is any imperfection, any anxious thought. And remove our stony heart for a heart of flesh, a heart of love, and a heart of peace. We need you, Father. We love you, Father. We give all of this to you. In your son's holy name, all God's people said.